This is Boomer Time, a proactive podcast for baby boomers, about baby boomers, and for people taking care of baby boomers. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. I'm Nancy Kogar, an elder law attorney and aging advocate, and this podcast was made just for you. Remember, though, the things we discuss here are not intended to be legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established by this podcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is your host, Nancy Kogar, and this is Boomer Time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy lives to spend time with me today. You will not regret it, I promise. Because today we are talking about a very important and complex topic. One that causes a lot of heartache, anxiety, and stress for the people that are involved. And it comes up usually when there's a disability involved and oftentimes when there's no estate planning involved. We've talked about that. Also, there may be estate planning involved, but maybe there's no compliance. The result, the need to seek help from a court to protect your loved one. That is big trouble. So we're talking about conservatorships. And joining me today is my law partner, friend, and sister in Christ, Jody Shaper. Thank you for having me, Nancy. I am so excited to have you here. And you are such an expert on this. I just follow you around the office, and I'm just amazed at what you have to deal with on a daily basis. Thank you, Nancy. It can get a little bit crazy, oh. but we're always here serving people. I know. You have such a servant's heart. I really respect you so much for that. So you, just so everybody knows, you're an attorney with, you, you do estate planning. Yes. And you also, your practice really has become to have an emphasis on serving vulnerable adults, especially elderly, needing those protective conservatorships. Yes, and serving their families and establishing those conservatorships. Yeah, and you often serve as conservator in many of those cases. Yes. So for that reason, I really regard you as an expert. You know, you really dealt with a lot of challenging cases. There's something new on every case. Yeah, every time you think you've seen it all, you know. And and I am looking forward to you giving us a firsthand kind of boots on the ground look at what it's like, what to expect, and really what can you do to avoid being in that kind of circumstance because it really is not fun. It's not fun for anyone involved. No, and it's expensive. Very costly. You have multiple lawyers involved. Minimum of two, but there could be four or five or more. Yeah. And and then you've got the court telling you what to do. Yes, you have to account to the court. Yeah. I just, that's not a place you want to be. It can be very stressful and very tedious. Yeah. So, but I get asked about this a lot. You know, people, there's a real kind of misunderstanding about what conservatorships are and how they work. I credit that to some of the big conservatorship cases in the news about movie stars. 
But the everyday conservatorship is very different. Yeah. You know, um, I want to talk about how they work and how you ask for one. But but first, kind of, I know that's widespread, but kind of share some of the challenges that you face, you know, oftentimes in these cases. Well, just getting them established is not an easy task. Mm -hmm. It's actually getting harder every day. You have to, by Tennessee law, have to, and by any state statute, I presume, but I can only speak to Tennessee law because that's where I practice. You have to have the medical proof. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You have to have a physician who has examined the disabled elderly person and is willing to sign, to testify in essence. We use sworn medical affidavits and the doctor has to be willing to testify that this person is disabled to the point of needing the assistance of the court through a conservatorship. And that is becoming more and more challenging to obtain for a private individual trying to file for conservatorship for families. Right. So it's not enough to be concerned about your parent, think your parent may be in danger. You need to find a physician, really a treating physician that knows your parent to state under oath that they are in danger and disabled and need court intervention to take away their rights. Yes. We do in Tennessee have a mechanism for an emergency conservatorship. If there is an emergent harm to the disabled person, and you can get that for 60 days without the sworn medical examination report, but that will expire and will not be continued if you do not get the medical proof. Courts have to rely on evidence, Mm -hmm. and the medical proof is the evidence that they need. And then, you know, sometimes we get into conflicting medical proof, and that's where these cases can turn very, very contested. They can take a very long time and run up large legal fees because we are in a full litigation at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's not always clear when someone has a decline where that decline is. Okay. Well, this is definitely a topic that uh, we want to dive into a little bit deeper. So we're going to take a break and you're going to stick with me, right, Miss Jody? Absolutely. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Nancy Kogar, and this is Boomer Time, and I'm here with my law partner and friend, Jody Schaefer, and she's an expert in conservatorships here in Tennessee, which is a very complex topic, and we're seeing more and more of these, so this is something you want to listen up. Unfortunately, it's not just the aging boomers Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing this with. We're seeing it younger and younger due to lifestyle choices. That's a good point. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've I've learned a lot about lifestyle choices and the effects that it has on the brain. Mm. And I've seen a lot of um, induced dementia Mm. by alcohol, drugs, 
and we're seeing younger people needing conservatorships. Are these people that their family is trying to intervene and or are these people that don't have family necessarily? It's all over the spectrum. You know, we do have more families seem to be involved with boomers and older disabled adults. Then you have those who have made lifestyle choices. And oftentimes those are coming to us because they end up in the hospital needing treatment and there's no one that can make decisions. The hospitals file and I do often do searches and I find family and that person has run through their support system and nobody wants to help them. Yeah, I could see that being alienated. That does remind me, though, that, you know, the statute under Tennessee law does have some preferences in it as far as who can serve as a conservator. That's right. The first Mm -hmm. preference is who did they name in their estate planning documents? Mm -hmm. Did they have a power of attorney? And in that power of attorney, do they also name who they would want to be their conservator? If not, that na- the named agent is the first priority. That makes sense. Well, that is because someone took the effort mm-hmm. to name a trusted individual. And the court and the law looks at that and gives them that preference. And then it goes through family, like a spouse, a child, a a sibling. So there is a priority of people who can serve all the way down to anyone. And that's where oftentimes myself and other lawyers or the public guardian's office will get appointed to serve. Oftentimes I find that families do not want to serve. Or they're the problem. Or they are the problem. Um, A lot of financial abuse is brought to the attention in these cases. Yeah, I see a lot of that too. One of the craziest things this year, actually it was 2023, I probably had four or five conservatorships that had to deal with scammers, scamming elderly women, widows. Internet scams and things like that. Telephone. Telephone. So, you know, my grandmother always did the publisher's clearinghouse. (laughs) And she herself received one of these and called me and asked me about it. But they're very sophisticated that send things to the mail. Oh, you've won the publisher clearinghouse. Mm. And these people truly believe it. And they think that you have to pay the taxes oh, yeah. before. And so they start getting scammed. And some of it's gotten really scary to yeah. the point that, you know, the FBI has been involved. Yeah. So it, it can be very scary. Yeah. They don't, they don't know where some of these people are. No, they're, they're outside of this country. And yeah. sometimes they have mules on the ground here. Yeah. It is very scary. And people need to know they're out there. The best thing to do is just hang up that phone. It is. They they tend to, with these elderly widows, they tend to romanticize. Yeah. And they earn their trust. It's, they do it through the telephone. They do through text messages, a lot of gift cards. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy what we've seen. And it's really sad. They can they, blow through a lot of money. I've seen millions. Ugh, isn't that horrible? It, it's it's sickening. You know, of course, Jody. With a conservatorship, we're talking about taking someone's rights away. That's right. So you know, powers of attorney. Someone is granted agency. Mm-hmm. So it's a different legal standard. But there's no way to stop 
someone from acting unless you take their rights away, invest it in a proxy through conservatorship. And, and you know, as it would seem, you want to do that in the least restrictive kind of circumstances. So that's what the court looks at, doesn't it? If it does. Want- they have to, by statutory standard, look for the least restrictive means mm-hmm. to protect this individual. Mm-hmm. So that's an important consideration. Then They're looking at different kinds of rights, right? Yes. By statute, there are a variety of rights that the statute says can be taken away. The court doesn't have to take all of those away. For instance, I've had them where they do take away the right to drive Mm -hmm. and where they don't take away the right to drive, where they do take away the right to vote or where they don't take away the right to vote. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on the spectrum of the disability. Mm -hmm. And that all depends on the medical proof. Mm -hmm. That's what you were going back to saying before. Yeah. This is not easy stuff. Not easy at all. No, it's very case specific, fact specific. And the court relies on not just the disability itself, but the effect of that disability on the person's functional abilities, decision making um, abilities and functional abilities down to how they do their ADLs. Mm-hmm. And the ADLs, we've talked about that on the podcast, but that's, you know, how they move around and, you know, how they can take care of themselves and yes. function. And, and yes, mm-hmm. take care of themselves and function mm-hmm. and ambulate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what makes the difference between you serving as a conservator or, or you being attorney for someone? There's a variety of roles. So you have the lawyer who represents the petitioner, the person who is filing for the conservatorship, mm-hmm. which in, oftentimes is a family member asking the court to do something to help the disabled person. The court will appoint a neutral lawyer as an investigator, that's called a guardian ad litem, Mm -hmm. who looks out for the best interest of the disabled person, and they investigate the facts. Then if the disabled person um, fights the conservatorship, which happens often, because especially if they've been very independent in their life and they're having a difficult time accepting their limitations now they'll fight against the conservatorship and that attorney that's assigned for the the ward or that person has the obligation to fight fight yes so once an attorney ad litem is appointed for the the disabled adult who is not agreeing to this conservatorship that lawyer has a duty to fight mm-hmm. for exactly what that individual wants because they have constitutional rights that the court's trying or the petitioner's trying to take away. So, you know, it's a high standard, a clear and convincing evidence standard. That's the highest. Yeah. And it's civil matters. Mm -hmm. And it's because it involves constitutional rights. So it protects all of our rights Mm -hmm. by protecting even disabled adults' rights. And you want that, but it can cause the cost of conservatorships to go up. Yeah. So I often, you know, talk to my families ahead of time of, you know, what can we anticipate? Because I want to anchor their expectations and I don't want sticker shock at the end of the case when the court can assess all of the fees against the assets of the disabled person. But under Tennessee law, they can also assess those fees against the person who files for the conservatorship, the petitioner. So the family could have to pay all of these fees. Especially when the court's considering 
those assets are supposed to care for the ward moving forward. Yes. Yeah, that that's that's a consideration, right? A lot goes into it. Yeah. Um, you know, before we were talking about the circumstances that most often lead to conservatorships, and I had mentioned that, you know, sometimes it's failing to have the right planning in place. You just don't have a plan, and then, you know, there's no plan, and some catastrophic event takes place. Yes, having a good plan in place, a good family discussion of if these things occur, this is how we're going to deal with it. Yeah. We never know what we're faced with. We never know what's coming in the future. So having hard discussions now and making the plans now is so important. And you can avoid these types of proceedings. And I don't think people realize that once your child is an adult, you can't make decisions for them anymore. No, and many times even spouses don't understand that they also need a power of attorney for their spouse. Right. Or if you don't have a power of attorney, your only option is a conservatorship. Right. I mean, you backed yourself into a corner. Yes, but people, you know, they just don't really understand Mm -hmm. the consequences. And they don't understand that everybody over age 18 needs a power of attorney. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people do not have those. Yes. I mean, college students need them. Parents would have a very difficult time should, you know, an emergency happen. Yeah. Then they're somewhere else. They don't know what's going on. Absolutely. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, for you listening out there, absolutely. You know, I talk about the package of estate planning documents that they need and that that is absolutely something they need. I know you get these calls, people saying, I just want a will. I just want a simple will. Well, you're doing yourself a disservice because you need these other documents. That's just, that's not enough. No, it's not. No. Um, I talk a lot on the podcast also, Jody, and you mentioned this a little bit before, but about aging boomers and more and more people in America getting older, which is putting pressure on court system and the healthcare system. And I know you're seeing this too, because when it comes to the wards and the conservatorships that need the institutionalized care, that must be a challenge. Well, I know it's a challenge that when you're trying to work to find places for them to go, you know, people that are not able to stay in their homes and trying to find a assisted living or nursing home care or something like that for them. That's, that's a challenge, isn't it? It is a challenge. Um, Based on the different levels of care, we are seeing new facilities and more facilities opening because it is a booming business for boomers. Um, More and more are needing care. Less and less are able to stay home with family for whatever the reasons. There's a lot of caregiver fatigue that happens. Mm Caregiver fatigue is a real phenomena. As much as someone is trying to keep their loved one's wishes, you know, alive by keeping them home, it starts to wear and tear on the health of the caregiver. And there's more and more realization of that. And there's realization of, you know, we could put them in a facility where they're safe. They are cared for. I have eyes and ears on them. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, then we can work, (laughs) you know, and we can, you know, tend to our own families. So there's a lot of that realization going on. So there's more and more people using facilities, which means there's less and less beds and harder and harder to find placement. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to jockey them around, don't you? Yes, I, I have lots of facilities that I call often. And I know caseworkers at the hospitals put out referrals all over. And oftentimes I'm having to place people out of county. Yeah. Hmm. I know you probably try to keep them local, but yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll, we're going to talk about a couple other things. And And I am really glad that you're here. And I want to also talk about some of the things you're involved in, too. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Boomer Time. We are talking conservatorships today. Conservatorships, Jody, are an extreme option, of course. You know, when you seek help from a court for a loved one, that's really a last resort. It should be the last resort. Yeah. And, you know, our focus here on the podcast is aging adults, boomers, but it's the kind of thing when someone is an adult over 18, you've got to uh, do that as well if, if you need help in an emergency. That's right. Unfortunately, parents of disabled children are not very well aware of the need of needing to get a conservatorship established. I work with families starting about six months before minors who are disabled turn 18. We can start the process, getting the doctor's affidavit and you know getting things lined up. Fortunately, the court can waive some of the extra fees in those cases if we have concrete proof of a lifetime disability. The court can waive the guardian ad litem requirement and it can be much more affordable because we understand, the court understands how difficult it is and it's so necessary that it can be much more affordable for families with disabled children. Yeah. I've been, I've taken part in some of those where you've had, you know, someone born with a significant disability or there's been an accident or something like that. So, yeah, these are lifetime disabilities that they live with. Yes, and it's necessary because once they turn 18, you get the conservatorship and then the conservator can go get them some disability income, which is very important you know, get them, they may have already been on 10 care, but make sure that we're on the proper 10 care. Now that we're an adult, apply for other disabled um, benefits like the DIDS program. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of steps that can be taken and you start with conservatorship. Yeah. And you got to be aware of those things. They take time. Yes, it does take time. So we need to start about six months before they turn 18. One thing I did not ask you, If someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, our office, and I say our because you're my law partner, is the Samples Jennings Clemens Fields Law Office. And, you know, our website is 
samplesaw.com. So you can go there and our phone number is there, Mm 423-892-2006. And our emails are there. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can reach out to us here. Get Adriana on the phone. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I promise you she'll come get us. Yes. Well, this has been a lot of great information. I appreciate that. Um, I can't resist but ask you this. Um, and I know this is a hard question, but do you have any kind of memorable stories that you, you would oh, share? Oh, boy. <laughs> the good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> you know, I tell families often, you know, remember, that's the disability. Yeah. But I think one of my favorites has been, you know, being a pointing conservator for um a female who she was blessed in her lifetime and her and her spouse had done very well. And she was used to living a certain lifestyle. Well, as her disability continued, she enjoyed shopping Mm. and shopping would be the one thing, getting something new that would make her just so happy. That endorphins go in the brain. Yes. It was an endorphin rush and make her so happy to buy something new. But when I walked into her home, I mean, it was stacked ceiling to floor, the whole entire house, where by the time she got it home, the disability, she would forget that she's bought it. It's thrown to the side, tagged still on it, and the endorphin rush is gone. So not only was it just massive amount of new with tags belongings, but it was multiples of the same thing. So you knew what her style was. <laughs> you knew what she liked because they were all the same, but it, it was just that endorphin rush would make her so good, feel so oh, good. Wow. But then the disability would kick in. Wow. So it was really sad um, to see how much, I mean, you have an idea of how much money was involved. Oh, Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. The amount of belongings purchased. Wow. Wow. And unfortunately, you know, she didn't have anyone in the family that could really help her long term. Mm. But you were able to come alongside her and help her. Yes. Yeah. Any any others that you can think of? Well, one in particular is really sad. I ended up having to serve for um, a brother and sister because all of their family had predeceased and they, they never married, had any kids, mm. and appointed for both. And then the sister passed. Mm. And as I was conservator for the only living relative, I had to be responsible for all of the funeral planning mm. and making sure that we performed a funeral in a graveside. So it was memorable that I got to stand at the graveside and, you know, sing Amazing Grace Hmm. for my client's funeral with my other client, her brother. Oh, wow. That's sweet. And that was her favorite song. So that's the song he chose that we sang. Well, and I know you have a beautiful voice. So Thank you, Nancy. Yeah. That's above and beyond. So, Well, and, you know, I was going to say, you know, this... This type of law practice really is a ministry in many ways. I mean, you don't, it's hard stuff. You don't do that just to say, hey, I'm going to go do this. And and you and I share a strong faith. Absolutely. And you have to have that with this kind of, this kind of work. Well, you have to come into it um, with Jesus's example of being a servant. 
Yeah. Because you were serving those that they, they don't even know enough to say thank you. No. No. And it's hard. It's hard stuff. Yeah. Yes. Oftentimes they're, they're upset with you. Yeah. They're not thanking you. They're upset yeah. with you. Yeah. But you are protecting they're them. Messing with their stuff. So. Yeah. You were messing with a lot of stuff with the lady that liked to shop. More than I care to. <laughs> well, and, and with the podcast, I like to take time out to just encourage people out there that may be caregiving for an older parent or maybe even a, a, a child that's turned 18. And, you know, you don't know what kind of circumstances they're in. And, and that is hard stuff to be in a caregiver position. Or maybe they've been di- someone's been diagnosed with some kind of significant illness and they're looking at, you know, long-term planning, uh, just all kinds of circumstances. So I, I like to take time out to pray for them as I wrap up the podcast. And, and I like to pray for you too, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. So, um, so if you just, you guys out there would just pray with me and I, you know, I like to pray for you and just, lift you up to the Lord today and just thank you for being here with me and and thank Jody for sharing all her expertise. And I just would just ask God to just allow it to just make sense to you and that you would just take something away from this today and just, it would just help you in in your circumstances and that um, that it would just help you to uh, find some new um open door that would just help in your circumstances, as I've said, and that maybe um, maybe some light would come and that, uh, that the uh, situation would just become lighter for you. You know, these situations aren't easy, but, but God can bring light and he can bring peace and he can bring just an easy kind of burden, even to the hardest circumstance. So we just ask that in the Lord's name today. And we also ask that uh, God would continue to guide Jody in her practice and bring her patience and, and love and guidance that she has that spirit anyway. But we just ask that upon her. And we just thank you all for listening and, and thank you for the opportunity to share with you on uh, these weekly basis. I just enjoy it so much and it's such a blessing to me. And we just ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And just some final thoughts. As you know, I always say this every week, but you can subscribe to our newsletter, Elder Law News. You can use. I love it. You love it too. You know it. And you can subscribe to our podcast, Boomer Time. There are lots of resources there on my website, nancycogar.com. And you can contact me too. I know a couple of you have, and I'd love to talk with you. So if you're out there, I'd love to hear from you and let me know what you think of the show or maybe you have a show idea or a question. We might turn it into an episode. Who knows? So Jody, thank you very much for taking time. I know you're a busy lady. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and share. Well, you're always welcome here. So let me know if you have something you want to chew on and talk about. So. <laughs> And everybody out there, you have a good week, and I will see you next week, okay? Bye-bye.